Welcome to the IAH podcast, where we profile fellows of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities here at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm Melissa Clay, communications specialist. In this episode, Philip Hollingsworth talks with Suzanne Gulledge, professor of education and incoming director of the Academic Leadership Program. Professor Gulledge traces her path in educational research and the origin of her interest in the study of middle grade education. She also offers her definition of leadership and what she hopes to contribute to the IAH in her new role. Can you provide a quick sketch of what led you to your, your career in studying education? Life as an educator was predestined by my love of learning and my love of school as a child. I became a teacher after I decided to add a teaching license to my studies as a uh, baccalaureate student at Duke and studied sociology and religion. But because I loved learning and did a good bit of um, teaching to my younger sibling while I was, while we were growing up. So in some ways, becoming a teacher was inevitable for me. It seems, uh, it seems the right thing for me to do, and I have never regretted my decision to become a teacher. And uh, I see that some of your research focuses on middle, middle grades. Right. What, what interests you about middle school? Because <laughs> I used to teach middle school, yeah? and some folks are like, oh, I never teach middle school, but other people are drawn to it. It's, it's hard to be the age that one typically is in middle school. That age, that time period, 10 to 14 years old, is a time of tremendous growth and, and exceeded only by the birth to two years old time period in terms of how much physical and emotional and social growth happens in a human being. So it's hard to be that age, and it's hard to raise children that age, and it's hard to be with children that age. On the other hand, just because it's challenging, I I find that it has particular opportunity for reward. At the time when I came out of school with a teaching license, we were in a time of plenty of teachers. And I had trouble getting a job at first. And when I did get a job, although I had prepared in high school teaching, I got my first job teaching uh, 6th and 7th grades. And I'm so lucky that I did. I found that the opportunity to be a teacher of a child at that time in their life when they need role models and caring and understanding individuals to be in their, in their lives was tremendously rewarding to me. Now that I think back on it, my sixth grade teacher was instrumental in my development as a student and had a tremendous impact on my, on my life in, a, in lots of ways. And I've realized that to be a teacher, to be in the life path of somebody when they're 10, 11 years old and suddenly coming into their own as an individual is a really special Thing to do, and I—it was the right thing for me. And because of my love for it, I was asked to lead our program in middle-level education for a number of years, and did so for ten years, and really loved that work, and continue to enjoy preparing teachers who teach at the middle and secondary level. We're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about your experience with the academic leadership program, especially coming in as the new director of the program. In what year were you a participant in 
2014? I was in the class of 2014-15, right? Okay. Can you talk a little bit about your experience in the academic leadership program and how that's impacted your professional development? It had a tremendous impact on me. It came as an opportunity for me after I had done some work in, as an academic leader in my school and in faculty governance. But it was right, having had enough experience, I understood the challenges of leadership and my own weaknesses. So the, the timing was great. I benefited tremendously from the leadership of Kim Strom Gottfried and Rob Kramer and my colleagues who were, who were in my class. We got to know each other after having spent a week at the Center for Creative Leadership in Greensboro. And during that time, I was with individuals whose work is in all kinds of private sector and NGO roles. And I realized as I explained what I did in my academic work and in my role as a leader that there's a lot we have in common with with people who do work and, and lead, but there are also some unique things about being an academic leader. So I was able to recontextualize what I was interested to continue to do uh, when I had the opportunity to be an ALP fellow. What do you hope to bring as the new director to the the program? I'd like for us to continue some of the really wonderful programs and approaches that that I from which I benefited. Those are, you know, having a strong curriculum and having a um, opportunity to cultivate friendships and trust and critical friends relations uh, among the cohorts and within the cohorts. But I also think we need to be mindful that each group of individuals who come to ALP who are selected to be a a cohort bring unique needs and interests and assets, and we need Mm -hmm. to capitalize on those. So I hope we'll continue to do that and also be mindful that the needs of the university, the issues that are at the forefront, are constantly changing. I think we ought to be responsive to those. And so like anybody who thinks a lot about curriculum, the, the needs of those who are directly involved, the context, the changing aims and objectives for a program ought to be first considerations. I'd also like for us to con- continue to take advantage of and perhaps ramp up our involvement with some of the uh, resources we have on campus. There are new ones. There are some that have been around for a long time. For example, the Ackland Museum, Carolina Performing Arts, Playmakers. I've learned myself that the arts have a great contribution to make to things academic and scholarly and leadership-related. I've always said that there was probably more truth in fiction than uh, in some of the more uh, uh, didactic and nonfiction literature that we expose ourselves to. But I'd like for us to take advantage of those resources in some way in our ALP curriculum. Uh, We also have a number of centers for innovation, and design thinking is something that I hear lots more about on our campus. I think we could take advantage of those resources in the ALP program as well. So 
they're new, and uh, there will continue to be new things that we can explore while we build on the strong foundation that I'm fortunate enough to inherit. There's a wonderful sculpture outside the entrance to Hyde Hall. That sculpture is a stack of stones, and those stones I don't know the artist, I don't know the intent, but I've enjoyed thinking about it in my own way. I know those to be what Celtic um, language is, a cairn, a a thing, uh, an item that lights the pathway. The tradition is that before people were literate, in order to show show roots to get to market or to, to lead to a village, those who went in front would mark the way with stacks of stones before Mm -hmm. people could read signs. And there's something that I've enjoyed. I always tried to position myself at the table so I could see that because it reminded me that we both are trying to follow a pathway and that we have obligation to communicate with other people. And so I think that's a particular feature about this building, about Hyde Hall, about the Institute for Arts and Humanities, and about the Academic Leaders Program in that sculpture that is iconic and representative to me of what we're about and what I hope to to serve as a mission as I become director of the Academic Leaders Program. How would you define leadership and what makes a good leader? Leadership is a particular kind of service in the moment. It takes many forms. It is defined by commitment to a mission, to a vision, to an awareness of the, of the imperative to serve those who follow the leader. The leader can work within a group. The um, iconic image of the, the leader at the front of the line, at the head, as some sort of separate and set-apart individual in a group is one, but one image, but not the only one. I think people lead from the back, people lead from within, people lead by influence. I think it's very important, though, that one be able to communicate well and share one's vision and be willing to engage in consideration and reconsideration of what what the vision and the aims and the mission are. Is there a book that changed your life? When I discovered the work of John Updike, great fiction writer, who wrote on a wide variety of subjects and with great precision and carefulness about language, I, I was profoundly affected. I think I read everything, every poem, every fiction, nonfiction piece he ever wrote and was fortunate enough to meet him once. I was profoundly affected by that because of the way he did his work, uh, in addition to the engaging topics of, uh, about which he wrote. Understanding human beings and the perspective that we ought to be able to take to see things in new ways and through the eyes of other individuals was something I found in his writing that has affected me greatly. I also was affected by the the poetry of Robert Pinsky, who at the time I uh, studied his work was America's Poet Laureate. 
but he reminded me and others that there's so much that that poetry deals with that human beings die for, but yet we, you know, we do very little that is, uh, or give very little attention to poetry and the arts in our very serious and daily work. What moments energize you most in the classroom? The moments when I feel I've lit a fire and am able to step back and watch students engage and share my enthusiasm for learning. The idea of lighting fires in, in people's thinking, engaging people to think in new ways that you as a teacher can't predict. I'm old enough now to realize I don't need to control every moment in the classroom. If I can set something in motion that exceeds my own expectations, boy, is it a good day in the classroom for me. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Philip. Check back at iah.unc.edu for the latest news on our fellows and upcoming events at Hyde Hall. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on our website, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at IAH underscore UNC.